Welcome to Bedhampton Church. Contact us at www.bedhampton.church. But for now, let's continue that journey with this input. Okay, as I talk to you today, you need to have your hymn book at hand, you need a Bible at hand, and you need your service sheet at hand. (laughs) Not many things at all, okay? But you need all of those. And first of all, in your hymn book, can you just turn to number 740? There are so many wonderful Easter hymns, we couldn't fit them all in the service. Um, So uh, a couple that aren't in the service, I'm just going to... Seven hundred and forty in your hymn book. There is a green hill far away, outside a city hall, where the city wall, where the Lord was crucified, who died to save us all. As a child singing in a church choir, this was my favourite hymn, and I used to get really upset that we could only sing it at Easter because I didn't see why we couldn't sing it the whole year round. We may not know, we cannot tell what pains he had to bear, but we believe it was for us. He hung and suffered there. He died that we might be forgiven. He died to make us good, that we might go at last to heaven, saved by his precious blood. There was no other good enough to pay the price of sin. He only could unlock the gate of heaven and let us in. Oh, dearly, dearly has he loved, and we must love him too, and trust in his redeeming blood and try his works to do. Amen. You don't need a sermon. It is all there in that hymn. And I think one of the reasons I was drawn to that hymn was because I was drawn to the words. Now, I don't know if you know anything about the writer of that hymn. Who wrote that hymn? Cecil Francis Alexander. Who knows anything at all about Cecil Francis Alexander? She did write lots of other hymns. Who knows anything else that she wrote? Do you know what? In your hymn book, you can always cheat, because at the back of your hymn book, um, after all of the... You've got to 858... Uh, which is another great one, Zip Bamboo Zamalama Lulu. Uh, it is, um, though he hung on a cross and he died in pain, three days later he's alive again. Anyway, the next page after that, you've got an index of authors, sources of texts. And if you look down there for Alexander, who can then find something else that she wrote? Once in Royal David City. Who knows Once in Royal David City? All things bright and beautiful. Absolutely incredible, isn't that? And uh, she was 19th century lady, and she actually wrote There is a Green Hill Far Away two years before she got married, and she married... Uh, um, she, was, she, she lived in Ireland, and she actually married uh, a vicar. Caused a bit of controversy, because she was six years older than him. But... Um, 
but yes. But she was also a teacher. And she wrote, There is a Green Hill Far Away, to actually try to teach people about the Apostles' Creed. Who knows where we will find the Apostles' Creed? I told you things that you needed to have for this sermon. And you have the Apostles' Creed in your hand somewhere. Page six, not of the Bible. Page six of your service sheet. It comes in the communion service, the Apostles' Creed. It's what we believe as Christians. I believe in God the Father, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. I believe he suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. And on the third day... He rose again and is seated at the right hand of the Father. And after this sermon, we're going to be saying that Apostles' Creed together because it's in our communion service. Now, one of my boys' favourite songs, we sing quite a lot at St Nick's, is The Greatest Day in History. The Greatest Day in History, Death is Beaten, You Have Rescued Me. Sing it out, Jesus is alive. The empty cross, the empty grave, life eternal, you have won the day. Shout it out, Jesus is alive. There is a green hill far away and the greatest day in history. What do those two songs have in common? They talk about the truth of the resurrection. Talk about Jesus dying and rising again. The truth of the resurrection. But you do have to be careful not to base your theology on songs. Although a lot of songs are based on scripture and are great, we mustn't just have a theology of songs, which is why we do need to root ourselves back in the creed and back in things like that. Now, Max has already said that this week I've been away at uh, Cudston College as part of my Easter school, and we were studying a, a unit on multi-faith awareness. And as part of that course, we had to reflect on what we believe we also had a trip to a local mosque. We had a, a visit from a rabbi, from a female rabbi, so, uh, um, and members of the Muslim community. And I was really challenged in what I believe. And it would have been easy to go along and follow the lies that I've heard this week, that it doesn't matter what you believe, that all roads lead to God anyway. My response to hearing from people of other faiths, my response from going on that mosque trip was to actually worship. If you turn to number 118 in your books, you'll see what my response was when I came back from that mosque trip. And I have to say, I was challenged more this week, not actually by interacting with people of other faiths, but by interacting with the other ordinands and by thinking about what they believe. Um, and actually, it made me more think, actually, no. What I believe is that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that he died on the cross to take away our sins. I believe he is the way that we can get to have that relationship with God. 
And my response when I came back from that moss trip was to sing, come and see, come and see. Come and see the king of love. See the purple robe and crown of thorns he wears. Soldiers mock, rulers sneer as he lifts the cruel cross. Lone and friendless now he climbs towards the hill. And then we worship at your feet where wrath and mercy meet. And a guilty world is washed by love's pure stream. For us he was made sin, oh help me take it in. Deep wounds of love cry out, Father forgive. I worship, I worship the lamb who was slain. You see, being a Christian is not about being a good person. It's not about earning our way to heaven. The Bible is really clear. I wonder who can find Romans 3.23 for me and tell me what it says in the Bible. Because it's very clear. I'm sure some of you know it off by heart anyway without looking in the Bible. Who's going to read out Romans 3.23 for me? Nikki. Does it say anything else? Can you read verse 24 as well? See, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And in our service, we said a confession because we know we've all sinned. We cannot get to God because we've sinned. We fall short. But we are justified freely by the grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, by dying on the cross, he took our sin. So we can come freely. God presented Jesus as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of blood. If you read through the Old Testament, you'll see that sacrifices were needed and blood was often needed. But we don't need to shed our blood because Jesus did it for us. Not because we deserve it, but because he loves us. He loves us. And he was willing to die for us. Our reading we had today from the book of Acts makes it clear that this is available to all of us. And Anne read to us from Acts chapter 10. God accepts people from every nation. Doesn't matter where in the world we come from, he accepts us. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. And what was their response in verse 39? They killed him by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. Now by killing him hanging on a tree, that fulfilled some of the Old Testament prophecies. And it says in the Old Testament, cursed is the one who dies on the tree. And Jesus took that curse for us. 
God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. And verse 43, all the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Our way to God is to believe. It's not through good works. It's through believing and calling on his name. And then we are saved. And then Max read us that gospel reading from John chapter 20, which tells us about that very first Easter day. And early while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb. Mary Magdalene on Friday was one of the women at the cross who had seen Jesus crucified. They'd taken the body down and they'd put it in a tomb. And they'd sealed the tomb up on Friday evening. And then it was Sabbath. And when Sabbath was over, it says early, before it was even daylight, she ran to the tomb. And she saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. Now what a long Sabbath it must have been for them, knowing that Jesus was dead. And they couldn't do all the things to prepare his body that they wanted to do. And as Mary went, as soon as she had the opportunity, I can only imagine the thoughts running through her head. I can only imagine the overpowering emotions that she had as she went to the tomb to prepare the body for burial. No doubt she was thinking about how she was going to get the stone moved away. And then the amazement when she saw the stone wasn't there, but then also the worry when she realised Jesus wasn't there and the body had been taken. And her response was to run to the disciples, and I'm sure they must have heard the panic in her voice. They've taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they've put him. And the disciples, Simon and John, raced to the tomb. And I just love how we see their characters through this. John, the faster runner, gets there first, and he looks. And Simon Peter as we read about through the whole of the Gospels, impetuous Peter, he runs and he goes straight in. Because that's what Peter does all the time, isn't it? He acts before he thinks. And they run and they find the tomb empty and they see the strips of cloth lying there. They see the linen and they see the separate cloth that was round the head. And it then says... Finally, in verse 8, finally the other disciple, who we believe is John, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. He saw the body wasn't there, and he believed. And the disciples went back to where they were staying. But Mary stays there. She's outside the tomb crying, and as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels wrapped in white. Now, I don't know if she knew there were angels, but actually, if she was crying, everything would have been blurry for her, wouldn't it? And she's looking through her tears and weeping, and she sees two people. And they say to her, women, why are you crying? They've taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they've put him. They've taken my Lord, and I don't know where he is. And then she turned round, 
And she saw Jesus and thought he was a gardener. And he spoke to a woman, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? And she replies to him, sir, if you've taken him away, tell me where you've put him and I want to go and get him. See, Jesus spoke to her and she didn't initially recognize his voice. I wonder if there's times he speaks to us and we don't recognize his voice. Maybe it was her distress. Maybe it was because she didn't expect to hear him. Then, when Jesus calls her name and says, Mary, she recognizes straight away. When Jesus calls our name, do we recognize? Mary. And straight away she cries out, Rabbanai, teacher. Even in her great distress when he called her name, she recognized her master's voice. And Mary must have gone towards Jesus to hold him and hug him, which is a natural response. But he then says, don't hold me, for I have yet, haven't yet ascended to the Father. Go instead and tell the brothers, I'm ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and to your God. And Mary went to the disciples with the news, I've seen the Lord. I've seen the Lord. As I was thinking about Mary, I was thinking, what lessons can we learn? In her great distress, Mary went to be with Jesus. She knew he'd died, but she still wanted to be with him. She didn't want to go and prepare his body for burial, but at the same time, she did want to prepare his body for burial because he was her teacher and she wanted to do what she needed to do. I wonder other times that we actually have to go through things that we don't really want to do. And when the tomb was empty, Mary wanted to find out where Jesus had been taken. Are we as eager to find Jesus as Mary was? She was frantic. Tell me where my Lord is. They've taken him. Tell me where he is. Have you got him? Do you know where he is? Are we that keen? Initially, Mary didn't recognize Jesus. She couldn't see what was standing right in front of her. How often do we miss the things that are right in front of us? But then when Jesus called her by name, Mary recognized him immediately and responded. Do you respond immediately when Jesus calls you by name? Then the last point, Mary immediately did what Jesus asked her to do. He said to her, go and tell. Go and tell. Do we do that? Do we go and tell the good news? Do we go and tell the news that the tomb is empty, that Jesus has risen from the dead, and that he is alive? I was going to finish by saying the words of the Apostles' Creed. So could you all stand? It's in response to what we've heard today in those readings. This is our response. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, 
creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You have been listening to Bedhampton Church. Our prayer is that this helps you journey with Jesus and serve your community by sharing God's love and friendship. Subscribe and join us for more discussion at www.bedhampton.church. All material creative commons copyright. Contact us for more details.